Peko falls from the lead and Maverick steals a W. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hey guys, Dre here. Welcome to episode 266 of Motorsport 101. I'm Dre Harrison as always. And uh, in this first of another double-headed recording we're sitting down with, we're going to be talking MotoGP at Misano. Take two, the Emilio Romagnolo GP, as they, as they like to say. I, as I apologize as I completely butcher the actual name of the Grand Prix there. Uh, my, my Italian is still impeccable as always. Uh, with me, as usual this on this edition, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Uh, folks, you will be glad to know that while there is active road construction going on as we speak, it is not making any noise as of the start of recording. I look forward to this uh, changing for the worse by the time we start wrapping up Moto 2 and 3. <laughs> very true, very true indeed. King, how you doing, sir? Uh, I, I'm doing well. Uh, very, very interesting Moto GP race this weekend. Are you doing well, truly, after we all got up in the morning to watch you spin and crash going into the pit lane and iRacing.com? <laughs> a win in a, in a two-car two race. A win is a win is a win. Yeah. Legally, we have to accept this. Yeah, the, the participation trophies are in the cabinet in uh, the back of King's shop there, um, where his bedroom door is. Uh, and Cam, hello, sir. Hello, everyone. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I successfully pre-ordered a PlayStation 5, and it should be here before Honda achieves a podium in MotoGP. Okay, robot. <laughs> hmm. You are 147th in the queue. Please hold. <laughs> hey. Oh, dear. But, uh, yes, uh, Cam is now feasting on uh, PS5 greatness, and in the meantime, the rest of us are going to be reviewing... MotoGP second race at Mazzano, which featured all sorts of mishaps and craziness as Pekka Bagnaia led for two-thirds of a Grand Prix. We thought the first W was going to be here, and no! Oh, <laughs> Daddy went. Cam is not happy about this. This has been a roller coaster of emotions for us in this news cycle between an entire factory sports car team having to shut down because of COVID... And then the Bubba mm. Wallace Michael Jordan news, which we'll talk about Ooh. some point either in this or the next episode, likely the next one. Yeah, and then realizing that uh, somehow, with all of the COVID that the sports car team affected, somehow fell up in their replacement <laughs> drivers. Don't understand how. And, you know, Lamar happened. Yeah. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, all of the Le Mans talk will be on episode 267 next time around, as well as a bunch of news we, we didn't get to in this episode. We thought we'd dedicate this one to MotoGP. But yes, Pekka Bagnaia win, won it and then binned it. And then Maverick Vinales stole the W right at the end. We had a fun scrap for second. And all bunches of drama further down the, myth, the field, as well as a rain-affected Moto2 race, but not in the way you might expect. Very interesting one. We'll get into that as well. Uh, later on in the show as well. But places you can find us in the meantime, real quick, are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, nice to see you. Why not hit subscribe and hit the bell if you want to know exactly when new videos go live. There's also a bunch of video blogs from me as well to fill in the blanks while King furiously gets in the hamster wheel and, and edits these video podcasts and put them together. Bless his heart. We've got to keep it tied over with something. So I've, I've dusted off the old webcam and talked uh, a little bit about the Ferrari Driver Academy situation. And as we're recording this, literally, about half an hour ago a brand new video went live talking about well this very race and the championship situation which we'll get to imminently as well because somehow it's gotten even more crazy at the top more on that in a bit um if, if you'd like to follow us on social media you can or on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 and if you uh if you're watching on youtube our twitter handles are in the description down below uh if not you can catch them in the youtube description or uh you can find our find us at motorsport underscore 101 for our official twitter our personal handles at harrison 101 hd rj o'connell at ryan eric king and c buckley 917 and if you really really like us you can back us financially on patreon patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 as a special offer right now all early access will be at the $5 tier or higher. 
going forward. That's audio and video editions of all these shows until we are fully caught up. Should be another week or so, maybe, and then we're fully back on pace. Is, is that fair to say, King? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe you maybe a week till we're caught up. Now, I have a question. Yeah. When are we going to start adding our own wine collection into the list of Patreon perks? Oh. Because that's what everybody's doing nowadays, from uh, from uh, from noted soft rock band Dave Matthews Band to the World Wrestling Entertainment. They're all getting on the wine game, mm. and, and I feel like it's it's our time to uh, to make our own brand of uh, of sparkling and not sparkling wines. I propose we uh, we we name it Red Wine Bad. <laughs> Great name for a wine range. We'll add it in the $250 tier that I'm sure will come up soon enough. Um, you're going to make the money back on this somehow. Um, Look, we got to go, uh, go pick up that Sabre aircraft out of the middle of the United States, right, Kate? Bold of us to charge $250 a month when Ferrari's only doing like $69 a year. Nice. <laughs> I, I hate that we I hate that we learned about this and now we found a thing that we actually like Ferrari for in the year of our Luigi 2020. <laughs> in the year of our Luigi, indeed. So, like I said, all our early access perks are in the five dollar tier going forward. So that's audio and video when we get those squabby when we get caught back up to speed. It's King reluctantly said maybe another week or so before we get that completely ironed out um stay tuned for that one stay tuned to our social media for all of that and uh, if you're in the 10 dollar level and you back us there you can listen to us uh live as we go out right here on discord as well as uh get early access to all the video editions of the show as well so without further ado let's get in to the and i'm going to try this one more time the uh, Emilia Romagna Grand Prix <laughs> MotoGP at Masano Take Two, and uh, well, fellas, there was one overarching theme of sadness that we got uh, d- during the race itself, and it involved one young Peko Bagnaia. Really, uh, this was the was the overriding theme. He qualified in fifth on the grid, got a great start, took the lead early doors. And uh, was able to put a one and a half second lead on Maverick Vinales. He was trying to chase him down for second. We were building up to a nice crescendo because they were on different tire compounds. Manyaya was on the softer was on the softer rear tire. Maverick was on the medium. We were thinking maybe if tire wear becomes a factor, last five or last four or five laps, maybe Maverick can reel him in at the end. And then with seven to go. Come in out of the back complex. All of a sudden, you see Bagnaia in a gravel trap, and it's like, no! No, for context, you see Bagnaia go fall into a gravel trap in the insert that they have in the upper left-hand corner of the screen. Yeah. While they're yeah. while they're focused on somebody else on the hard cam, the second cam is just like, oh shit, leader just fell. Oh dear God! It never, ever, ever ends. <laughs> <laughs> he finally it's, comes it's, good it's this like, year they, it's like <sighs> engine failure while running second for those broken leg yeah. while while looking like Never he had home. good pace then was out for a round was he not yeah two two, he, he, he missed both rounds in Austria mm. yep and now crashes out of the lead it never ends. Banya is having a right roller coaster of a year because that was probably the one of the starring takeaways from the first Masano race. Not just Morbidelli winning, but Banya was still walking around on a crutch um, due to the broken leg he suffered in Bruno finishing second. And we thought, okay, if he repeats himself, you know, he might be back in title contention all of a sudden. And then. No. Oh, he bin he bins it with seven to go. Said it was a very strange incident. Just just tucked the front coming out of turn seven, and uh, down he went. And next thing you know, you see him in a gravel trap, and Maverick Vinales has rolled past him to take the lead of the Grand Prix. Um, Boy, which you, you want to talk about a blessing falling from the skies for Maverick Vinales, mm. a man who has desperately needed some good form to try and turn his season around. Yeah, the theme of Vinales' year is qualifying pretty well and then 
folding like cardboard in the races. This time that didn't happen. This time, the farthest he fell was second. And of course, he was in a position to capitalize when Pekka went down. Yeah, like I said, it, it was just getting to that crescendo point where maybe Maverick's tyres would, co- would have come into play. It was seven laps to go in the race itself, and then the uh, the air got sucked out of the bag, so to speak, when Bagnaia hit the deck. Maverick would go on to win the race pretty much unchallenged the rest of the way through. Um, a fairly comfortable win in the end for Maverick, because that, that's Maverick to a team. He gets beaten up in midfields. He takes about ten laps to find his footing in race trim. But if you give him a clear run, and he doesn't get any shenanigans along the way, he's incredibly hard to beat, because once he gets going, his raw pace is insanely fast. You know, some sports uh, hot take merchants from the Great Plains would say that much like LeBron James, Maverick Vinales is the best frontrunner in MotoGP. Shut up, Skip. (laughs) We all wish we could say, but y'all. What about this battle for second place that emerged when Johan Mir came out of nowhere and Fabio Cordero with a podium in the back gets pinged for too many track limits infringements and takes a three-second post-race time penalty after declining the long lap? Mm-hmm. This was crazy. Yeah, we had we had Cordero in in third place with um, Paula Spagaro now second. Now, later stages of the race, as King was watching Charles chewing his fingernails, I, I, I presume, um, <laughs> Paul was in second, but his rear tire was completely shot on one half, on, on, on the right-hand side of it. The right-hand side of the tire was completely shredded, uh, basically, at this point. It had no rear grip left whatsoever. But, because the KTM is such a rocket ship in a straight line and coming out of corner exit, Fabio Cotteraro could not find a way around him even though he was on the faster bike with a lot more grip, um, Fabio was stuck. Um, Seems the just... theme of Yamaha's year. Once they get stuck behind someone, there's nothing they can do, no matter how fast they are. Yeah, he, he, he tried everything. He tried, you know, he tried out breaking pole into into the into the slower corners. Didn't work. Polar Spagaro was a demonically late breaker. That didn't work. He tried going around the outside, um, around a couple of the, the fast left-handers at the end of the lap. Couldn't do it there. Tried the last lap. Tried the last corner block pass. Couldn't do it there. Tried to get every run in the book you can think of to try and get around him. It wasn't until Joanne Mir had to basically barge his way through on Polder Spargro at the uh, Turn 1, Turn 2 complex at the start of the lap, or did, uh, did Fabio finally find a way to sneak underneath? But uh, as RJ alluded to, um, it was what, the, the lap before he did that, it was the fourth time he'd run on the green. There was a track limits warning regarding the final corner, because it would be a bit of a theme of the weekend and last weekend as well. Guys were putting wheels on the green side, which is not the curb. Um, that is the track limits zone, basically, where Fabio had... Uh, allegedly, according to Fabio, he had never read the... He, he claims he never got a warning regarding this. Um, either he's a very good liar, um, or race control didn't send in the dashboard message properly, because I believe they are automatically sent to the rider's dashboard by race control when you're given a warning for track limits. So, either well, there was I a glitch up... Well, if I don't look at my dashboard for the warning, it doesn't count. <laughs> oh this message has been presented by Paul Tracy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so, either that or Fabio is a very good liar. Um, and the penultimate lap, the warning came through that, oh yeah... Uh, multiple track limits excursions, long lap penalty for uh, Fabio Cotteraro. And it's the turn, it's outside of the turn 9-10 complex before the back straight is where the long lap penalty was. As RJ says, Fabio ignored the last lap penalty and that was the only lap he was uh, eligible to be able to take one. You have to take it within three laps of the penalty being issued. He only had one lap to take it. Fabio either accidentally or on purpose, we'll never know for sure, um, either accidentally or not so accidentally ignored said long lap, and then the stewards were like, all right then, we'll convert it to a three-second time penalty. Instead, it's it dropped him from uh, third to fourth and dropped him off the podium and put Paul Spagaro back on the podium, his second podium of the year. So, uh, yeah, congrats to Paul on yeah. that one. 
Um, we have to talk brilliant. about Joe. We have to talk about Johan Mir, though. Second, again. Um, I said it last, last week. four races. He is he every race he has finished because he's only retired from the season opener in Hareth, and he's only retired mm-hmm. from Bruno. Every time he's finished, he's finished inside the top five. And now there is a whole narrative going around that Johan Mir, without having won a race at this level. Sitting four points back in the championship lead is now the odds-on favorite at the halfway point of the season. I said it last week. I said it during the first race at Misano. The kid is the truth. That, That result he got a few races ago, we thought it would boost his confidence. It has. He's riding out of his mind. The Suzuki is a rocket ship on race pace. And... The only thing that's really standing in his way right now, and it's something that affects his teammate Alex Rins as well, is the Suzuki isn't strong in qualifying. Matt mm-hmm. Oxley talked about it on uh, on motorsportmagazine.com, where the Suzuki has too much rear grip. Now, this may sound a little bit weird. <laughs> what a got, problem to have! It's got too much rear grip, so on fresh tires, <laughs> in qualifying, it just understeers. But it means that in the race, you can tip it down into the corner pick up the throttle, and it will just explode up out of the turn. Yeah. And not only yeah, um, does that help them through the turns, because they can get on the throttle so quickly and just pick the bike up, their power deficit, unlike Yamaha, they're going fast enough for enough of the straight that it's not as obvious as it is with the Yamaha. So it means that yeah. Mir and Rins can just cut through the pack really effectively. And you're already chucking in a bike that's got arguably the best chassis in the field and two excellent world-class riders on both machines. Like, arguably, it might be the strongest team in the sport on paper right now. I mean, Rins has probably not been... Yeah, on race day? Certainly. Rins has not been quite his usual self. I think that that awful injury he had in her F probably hasn't helped. (laughs) I was going to say, he's still operating on what is it, 1.7 shoulders now? Up from right. 1.2 earlier yeah. in the year. He's riding her. Oh, yeah. Mayor's the only uh, one that's sees been able to seize the initiative. Is fully healthy. And what a job he is doing. I look yeah. at these net seven rounds. Do you? I mean, do you think these net seven races are, are going to suit a potential title push? Well, I think the biggest thing, if you look at the results already this year with the Suzuki, is that it's always consistent. It's always in the same part of the finishing order yeah but the yamahas and the ducatis keep peaking and troughing it's like it's like ferrari in 2017 and 2018 when they peak they're winning when they trough they're nowhere and especially has had like three opportunities to pull away in this championship lead and by the way shouts out to his riding leathers with unemployed written all over the back (laughs) of his ass cheeks by the way very wonderful stuff but, but yeah, finished but yeah. eighth. It wasn't the ideal result, and this they is were nowhere. opportunity to pull away. And now the he fa- only leads by one point. The factory ducks were nowhere all weekend. The Premax were right. kicking their ass. Now you've got me just yeah. ra- imagining guys riding on on giant rubber ducks with motorcycle <laughs> tires on them. Oh, yeah, the oh. factory ducks all week. You know, fringe of the top ten. And meanwhile, Premax obviously Pecco was fighting for a win. Jack Miller, before a tear-off, got sucked into his engine air filter, which is not what yeah, you want. Yeah, as you do. Was, was running top five. So you've got yeah. Fabio making these mistakes. You know, even when he's got the pace, he's so... It's the little things. It's the little operational errors that keep creeping into his game. And with Davi nowhere, Mir has been munching into that points gap, and he's there. There's no gap to him anymore. He's there. Fabio and Andrea have got, they've got to shape up. It's, it's, it's crazy. Like I said, the, the both, both Pramax, this, it's, this is not just the one-off. This has been the running theme of the season, I would argue, since Haraf has been. Yeah. The Pramax have been particularly strong and the factory team has not gotten used to these 2020 Michelins and it shows. Seventh and eighth for Dovi in both Misano races. Petrux was 16th and 10th in in, in both uh, Misano races. Um, and Petrux yeah, and is 14th in the championship. Yeah, and you can't make the excuse of the bike when, you know, Peko got second the first week and was 
can going to win before bending the bike this week. Indeed, it's uh, it, it's weird to think because Andre has been the he's been the strongest Ducati rider for years now. Can I just say though that you want to talk about open goals, and King? I'm sorry because I feel oh. like I punched down on you enough. Miguel Oliveira, Paula Sparger, and Brad Bender should all be higher than eighth, tenth, and eleventh on the points tables. Yeah, because that the KTM is without a doubt the best bike on the road this season. Only issue is oh, sorry, it, sorry. it hasn't been ridden like the best bike on the road this season. Yeah, you've got uh you've got the best bike potentially, because I think on race day it may be the Suzuki. It's those two. Maybe. And what you lack, unfortunately, is the best riders on the grid because some of them aren't there yet, and some of them just keep throwing the bike up the road. Let me be clear. These are perfectly quick riders, but quick. the consistency has not been there. To balance out Oliveira's win in Styria, race of the year contender, race of the year front runner, he has two retirements. To balance out Brad Bender's win in Brno, he has two retirements. To balance out Paul's two podiums, he has two retirements. Yeah, and Bender threw the bike up the road twice in Misano, too. Ah, oh, Bender. Yep, because just like Bender, I learned Bender. earlier today, if if you want to win the race, you got to finish. Um, <sighs> can we not? <laughs> the, but, point uh, but, yeah. pre- the, po- the point you made on that pre-show though, was that how many points has KTM left on the table this year in a season 30. where... Yeah, like, in a season where they could be right up there in title contention, but Spagaro and Brinda's racecraft has had significant flaws in it and in multiple points this season that's probably taken them or at least further down the board than they should be. I mean, it's not disastrous for both of them yet. They're only no. 27 and 31 points off the top, respectively. There is yeah. still time for them to claw it back. It's better They're only than halfway last year. through the season. It's much it's better, better than last year. year. Much better. By a mile. But, but, you know, Bender has an excuse. He's a rookie. He's still, you know, he's fast, mm. but he's still learning this. And Miguel Oliveira is just a sophomore. He's just yep. a sophomore. But Paul, at, at this point, a very seasoned veteran at MotoGP. Mm. You're supposed to be the team leader, bud. Yeah. Shit. Iker Liquota was on pace for a career best and he dropped it. Yeah, he was he, he was in he was in sixth place when he crashed. Yeah, he was he was and on faster for than those finish. in front of him. He was he was yeah, catching like, the top five. Yeah, Hervé Pontarol said that he's actually been mad impressed at how much Laquona's Le- has turned the corner, and now he's a lot faster. Now he's gotten used to the bike. He's turned out very very well, but just hasn't really had the results to show for it. Mm. Um, and that's what's kind of done him in because that was an awful crash with four laps to go. <laughs> He bins it from sixth place, and uh, that would have been a by a, a comfortable career high finish by three spots yeah. for Laquona. So yeah, just a real shame for KTM that they've just left an awful lot out there dangling for themselves out there. It's been it's been a real shame. Um, let's break down the race results and some little other fun stories in the middle as well. Maverick Vinales winning in the end by two point four seconds over Jeremy Mir. Let's not forget, as, as, as Cam alluded to, Mir started from eleventh on the grid. And finished in second. A comfortable second. This kid is on fire. Paul Spagaro in third in the end. As mentioned, the, the, the time penalty dropped Fabio Quattararo down to fourth. And he only just held on to that fourth by 0.9 of a second as well. Because Miguel Oliveira was right behind him uh, in fifth in the end. Takanakagami, still the top Honda. Still the only man to have oh, finished Jesus. every race this year in the top ten. Yeah, um, he um, well. he had a couple hellacious crashes during the weekend trying to Ooh. get what he can out of that bike, and I was thinking for for a bit that is Honda only going to have one bike in this race? Because no Nakagami, I think I think he wiped out two bikes, just completely wrote them off. Yeah, yeah, it was looking like we were going to be down to Alex Marquez because. Stefan Bridle is hurt, and there's concerns about his long-term future. We knew Crutchlow was out, and that would have just left Marquez if Nakagami had been written off for the weekend. But I'm glad that Nakagami is still out here getting points. 
and also He's... showing love to his late compatriot Shoya Tomazawa. We miss you, Shoya. We miss you, Shoya. Yes, indeed, sir. it was a, be- a beautiful tribute. He parked his bike um, right where the uh, tribute site to Shoya was on the side of the circuit um, this year. I think marks the tenth anniversary of his uh, tragic passing as well. And Taka uh, took a moment after the race to uh, pay tribute to his uh, one of his idols and and a, and a friend of his. So uh, yes, indeed, we miss you, Shoya. Uh, beautiful scenes from uh, from from Taka there. If you haven't seen it, check it out on social media already. It's very powerful stuff. Things on MotoGP's Instagram. So shout out to Lewis for that one. Um, as mentioned, though, what can you say? Alex Marquez in seventh. Given the year he's had, that's a great result for Alex Marquez. Man, Ryan was, so was so happy. Ryan was so happy, wasn't he, Dre? <laughs> Uh, hang on, hang on. I will pull up exactly what he said on WhatsApp at the time because uh, that is uh, um, as well. I believe that is Repsol Honda's best result of the year by a fucking mile. Yeah, Shit, you're um, right. It is. It, it, it can't say it, it. kind of is because he actually Read finished eighth in the second race of the round. But yeah, I can't see. But he said a quote, and this is all in capital letters. May I add? Quote, Alex Marquez is holding off Dovi, the motherfucking wall, <laughs> P7, fuck yeah. Um, can you tell he's he a massive about... Alex Marquez fan? I wonder how he felt about Bautista and World Superbikes. Less said, it never, less said about that, ever ends. No, where there is ying, there is yang. Um, as I say, more on that in the next episode. Andre Vizioso was eighth in the end. Frankie Morbidelli was ninth and wasn't able to replicate his brilliant first race. But uh, if anyone's been keeping up with the uh, uh, Frankie Morbidelli uh, quality helmet story, uh, it took another very interesting chapter in between races this past week because uh, Frankie got a very unexpected phone call. Um, oh. that part uh, just after his first race win this weekend it was a phone call from one Hollywood director known as Spike Lee uh, Sp- Spike Lee gave him a call in, in between races this past week um, for those guys that don't know Spike Lee is a obviously brilliant black Hollywood director as well as uh, in case you guys didn't know massive massive sports fan like Spike loves his sports the across biggest. the board oh yeah um, he's we, now, we've uh, talked about King, it on this show before. King, I was King, not going to bring that up. King, you might want to you might want to leave the room. But yeah, if you know Spike Lee, you know that unless your uh, unless your arena is run by one Mr. James Dolan, he mm. loves sports. Yo. Yeah, he loves he loves all his sports, so uh, he uh, pulled he pulled a few strings. And got Frankie Warbadetti's phone number um, in midweek and uh, gave him a phone call, said congratulations on your first MotoGP win, saw your helmet, saw it on Instagram, he said he absolutely loved it. Um, and it, uh, they had apparently had a, a good few minutes on the phone just discussing the win and the sport in general and what he's doing for equality. And uh, yeah, they, that's why Frankie had an edited version for this weekend and it had Spike Lee's face on it with the peace sign, which I thought was a, was a great touch. And... Uh, Apparently, a copy of the original helmet that Frankie had last week is literally going to Hollywood, and it's going to be in Spike's house. So Frankie's very generously That's donated. Awesome. I like that. one of his one of his race helmets from that weekend is go like it's literally Frankie goes to Hollywood, which I think is just fantastic. <laughs> um, it, it, it was the backup name for this episode title, uh, or for the one for race one. But I went with I went with the more obvious. Uh, reference instead but uh yeah congrats to frankie that's uh that's an awesome bit of exposure for the sport right there because god damn it needs it um so uh yeah well done frankie again uh congrats to him uh, D- uh, pet trucks there rounding off the top 10 uh johan zarko in 11th alex rins 12th bradley win bradley smith 13th Amazingly, he was the last of the finishers. Only 13 men saw the flag uh, in the end there. Uh, there was seven uh, DNFs here. Akula Kwona binned it with four to go. Banyai with seven to go, unfortunately. Valentino Rossi crashed in the middle of the race. I saw the mushroom-shaped cloud in his home village from back here in Wembley. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, um, Rossi has fallen, etc., etc. Um, pushed his tires a bit too early in the middle of the race and went down. Uh, Tito Rabat was just having a wretched time on that Avincia. Um, he crashed early on. As Cam alluded to, yes, one of Fabio Quattararo's uh, tear-offs landed in Jack Miller's air intake during the middle of that race. Did a number on good? his engine. 
Uh, no, because Miller had to park the bike in pit lane afterwards. Um, so Miller, who was running top five, completely screwed by a very unfortunate uh, tear-off landing in his engine. Um, unbelievable bad luck if you're Jack Miller. Um, if Miller didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all this year. <laughs> no, he's, he's a man who should be right in title contention and he's just been had some cruel twists of fate this year already. Uh, Brad Binder, as mentioned, binned it early doors, unfortunately. And Alicia Spagaro didn't even make it out of the first lap. Oh, dear. Wow. He Keep was furious in pit lane. Uh, but yeah, by the way, keep an eye out on the Court of Arbitration for Sport hearing for Aprilia coming very soon. Aprilia has come out and said this morning that basically it will determine Andrea Iannone's future. They've already confirmed that if Iannone gets his sentence reduced, he will ride that bike next year and they'll bring Iannone back. That is confirmation direct from the factory. If Iannone gets his sentence reduced or taken away on appeal... He will be riding that Aprilia in 2021. I did see a if screenshot. Not, I did see a screenshot of him just like chilling and browsing his Insta in the Aprilia garage, which is like yeah, he was in the back. <laughs> He's just vibing in the Aprilia car. Just, just vibing in the Aprilia bike, and then he also went to Romano Fanati's Max team as well, which isn't allowed because you're not allowed to move between bubbles, but. It's Ian Oni, apparently. It's just, yeah, it's just one more in a long list of... Uh, Andrea, yo, what the fuck? Oh, what Lord. are you doing, son? It's like, I'm but, gonna uh, get yeah, banned anyway. <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, yeah, he was there showing up in the... Uh, pretty pretty has already said that if they don't... If, if Ian Oni's sentence stays, he will leave the team at the end of the season. And number one on their list is Andrea Vizioso. Good luck with that, fellas. Um, they're saying they might not be able to afford him. If they can't afford him, they'll go after Cal Crutchlow. So we're pretty really, uh, completely upfront and open and honest about their city season plans. They're like, no, we'll, we'll keep it here. It's almost refreshing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we're just going to come out and say it. Yeah, if, 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 if we can get Ian Oni, we're keeping him. If not, we're going after Dovi. If not, we're going after Crutchlow. There you go. <laughs> so that's all that wrapped up. Now... The championship. We've kind of hinted at it, but yes, the top three are separated by one point. Andre Vizioso has 84 points and is leading the championship by one over Fabio Quattararo. On countback, he has two wins to Maverick Vinales is one. And that is why Fabio is second overall on 83. Maverick's on 83. And as mentioned, the white hot Hoan Mir in fourth on 80 points, just four behind. And Amazing that they've kind of broken off a little bit from fifth and down because Frankie Morbidelli's down to fifth now on sixty-four. Um, but again, they're only twenty points back. They're like it's the way this it's season's one good gone. Away. Yeah, yeah. Like the way this season's gone, one big result and they're back in the mix. Like Morbidelli's on sixty-four. Jack Miller's on sixty-four. Takana Kagami is still there on sixty-three. Like I said, nothing but top tens all season long. Um, he's he's just chipping away at it, and he's still in range. Miguel Oliveira is on fifty nine. Valentino Rossi on fifty eight. Paul Spagaro on fifty seven, <laughs> and then Brad Binder on fifty three. I reckon there's still no. eleven potential contenders here. No. In- Marquez Mar- Marquez is sitting at home, just like I can still win this. He's, oh, d- d- don't encourage him. We got Catalonia next weekend. Like, like, like he's, oh, he's pretty good around there. Don't try. Don't t- don't talk him into a good time. Like, do not talk yeah. him into a good Speaking time. Speaking of which, Mark posting. Uh, Mark posting today on social media with Repsol Honda. Talk to you soon. Can't imagine what that means. Oh boy. Well, let's. Well, look. Take a quick look at the calendar, real quick. Catalonia is this weekend. It's the last part of a triple header, right? Mm-hmm. right? There's two weeks off after that. Does he try and get back for Le Mans? Oh, God. On, on October the 11th. I'm speaking it into existence. Just throwing it out there. Folks, uh, if, we, if, this, get... if, they, if this comes into existence, please credit at motorsport underscore 101... Uh, all major media outlets, we have exclusive access on this scoop. I, I think this is more just Yeah, looking at you, Simon Peterson, we got the scoop. Simon yeah, Patterson, Peterson. take that! Simon <laughs> <Peterson>. Patterson. <laughs> the disrespect. Oh, 
Oh, oh dear. <laughs> Simon, if you're listening, which there is an outside chance because we do chat every once in a while on Twitter, you know, that blame King for that one. That was all on him. <laughs> yes, um, I'm sorry I got yes. your last name yeah. wrong. Simon Peterson and his good friend <laughs> Kobe Moody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, uh, oh dear. Cam's left the room. Let's talk about the undercard. Let's talk about the undercard. As I mentioned, uh, just before we move on real quick, like I said, Catalonia this weekend uh, for the Catalan Grand Prix. That's uh, this weekend. So that'll be the third part of Triple Head. And then they're off for two weeks before heading to France for Le Mans. So yeah, we're, we're literally halfway through the season already. Kind of hey, crazy. Hey, good news, Barcelona, a uh, sporting institution of the region that Joseph Bartomeu can't fuck up. Hey! <laughs> he sure as hell would try. No, nope, um, not touching it. Not touching it. <laughs> Mono two fellas, and um, well, this was an interesting one for a little bit, mostly because the weather had its say on this one. Now, I did see from Simon Patterson King um, that uh, <laughs> it's that, uh, it's his evil alter ego. <laughs> Of course. Um, <laughs> of course. That uh, he said that the, you know, there was there was dark clouds hanging over Misano pretty much all Sunday morning into the afternoon, and there was there was rumbles that it was gonna rain heavily, but around three p.m. local time, so maybe just after the MotoGP race, and they thought. And Simon was like, no, 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 you don't get it. If it rains, they were like severe weather warning bad. Like, we're talking yeah. like this mon- wasn't no drizzle. monsoon conditions. Yeah, it's it, it, no like here. monsoon conditions. It's no, like Forrest no, Gump it, rain. Yeah, it, it's, if it comes down, it's 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 coming down hard. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we had a very, very uh, quick sprinkling around the Misano track in the middle of the original running of the race. Now, the race was declared dry, so as a result of that, they had to throw the red flag out when the rain came down because a flag-to-flag race is only thus if it's declared wet at the start. A lot of people, a lot of people I saw on Twitter got confused by this. It's like, oh, why isn't there flag-to-flag in the intermediate class? Well, one, because it just, it just isn't in the intermediate class for the most part anyway. But... A flag-to-flag race is only thus if it starts wet, and it's declared wet um, before it starts. It was a dry start at the time, so it started as a dry race. The red flag came out, unfortunately, like 30 seconds after American prospect Joe Roberts binned it, uh, which was just unfortunate. Um, America taking a second L in two weeks. Fuck no. (laughs) Get the sack national anthem out, it's over. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i forgot about that oh dear oh dear oh dear i'm not gonna get into that uh at all i'm not not touching that so yeah like i said the red flag was called um it was a very brief like 10 minute shower and it was it was in a weird sort of situation where it was too wet for slicks but it wasn't wet enough to declare it a wet race so they could run on on wet tyres. So they kind of just had to wait it out on the weather and see what happens. This is why there's almost a, a precisely a one-hour break between Moto2 finishing and MotoGP starting, so they, they have that contingency time just in case something freaky happens between you know between Moto3 and Moto2 in the main event where all the big TV networks will tune in to prepare their pre-race coverage. Luckily, that came into play there, so they, they had to basically shorten MotoGP down to a 15-minute start procedure, um, and they restarted the race after about 10 minutes, realizing that the rain's not coming back, the track dried out very quickly. Well... On the second attempt, because they tried to start once. They did the warm-up lap, and everyone was like, nope, 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 it's far too wet out here. <laughs> they, they tried They tried the quick restart one time round. They, they did the sighting lap, they got to the warm-up lap, and then everyone was just like, we're raising our hands, no, 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 we're not doing this. It's, it's still too wet out here. So they delayed another 10, 15 minutes, and then they eventually got going again at the third attempt. Um, and after the third attempt, it was a race that was pretty straightforward, unfortunately, but it was won by Anea Bastianini uh, in the end, who uh, broke off at the end from Marco Bezzecchi, who had another couple of minor errors that wasn't able to chase him down for the win. 
Bez was second. And hey, Sam Lowe showing that true Masano pace he should have had the first time round by finishing third. Keith Ewan had his jeans up around his ankles again. That was great to see. Not. Um, Luca Marini was fourth in the end. Marcel Schrotter fifth. Surprise for the Brits, Jake Dixon in sixth, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, career high finish for him on the uh, Patronus Cadex. So, uh, look, Jake Dixon is the one British guy I'm not cynical towards. Guy. I actually quite like Jake, so good for him, uh, quite frankly. That was a great result for him. Uh, Noe Navarro, seventh. Uh, DJ Antonio, eighth. Tom Luty, ninth. They were over the line by like a tenth between them. It was mad. Hector Garzo, tenth. Nicolo Bulliger was 11th. He was dropped to position due to track limits. Stop me if you've had that one before. Uh, Simone Corsi was 12th. Aaron Canick, 13th. Dana Porter, 14th. Stefano Manzi ran off the point in 15th. Jorge Martin's substitute was brought in. It was Matteo Pacini. Yes, him from the Italtrans days in Moto2. Because, uh, again, um, Jorge Martin was still suffering from a, another positive COVID test. Luckily, at the day we're recording this on September 22nd, he is now since testing negative. Um, um, great news. Well, great news. Great to hear he's okay. Apparently he was, he was asymptomatic, so luckily nothing too catastrophic besides maybe mm. his title aspirations. But, um, well, yeah. We're going to have to see because asymptomatic COVID carriers are still getting plenty of damage done to their bodies, even mm-hmm. if it doesn't show. Hopefully, because kid's good. Yeah. Kid's real good. Um, Indeed. Hopefully he comes back and is... Fairly unaffected. It's looking He's like it's going to be a good run to the title here, because yeah. uh, well, well, Dre, you can tell me about this. We got the top three covered by twenty points. I know it's not as close as it is in MotoGP right now, but it's looking pretty good. Is that possible? Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that possible right now? It probably well, isn't. Okay. Yeah, Luke... MotoGP's been too fucking wild to be spread yeah. out this year. Exactly. It's, it, it was a big counterpunch by an Aek Bastianini after Marini's win last week. So Marini's championship lead is down to five points now. Uh, Marini on 125, Bastianini 120, Marco Bezzecchi on 105. Sam Lowe's now up to fourth on 83. Jorge Martin now fifth. Thankfully okay, but unfortunately for him, 46 points behind the championship lead. That might be an insurmountable gap with seven to go. We'll have to wait and see how Martin comes back and responds. Nagashima, his teammate in sixth on 68. Xavi Vierge, who may I point out in seventh now, has also signed a new extension to stay with the SRT Patronus team in Moto2 for 2021. That was confirmed yesterday at the time of recording. So it's looking like it could be an all-British showdown for the second seat in that team between Jake Dixon and John McPhee. Uh, There's going to be some deep conflict in the BT Sport camp (laughs) on that one, boys. Um, What do we do here? What do we do? Um, (laughs) um, If I had to guess, I think Dixon might be given the heave-ho, which would be a shame because I think Dixon's actually genuinely improved in this this second season in in, in Moto2. But uh, they like McPhee. They always have liked McPhee. So we'll have to wait and see how, how they go along with that one. Aaron Cannon, 8th on 53 points. Tom Luty are in 9th on 52. And Marcel Schrotter in 10th on 48. The American, Joe Roberts, in 11th on 45. I had to get that one in there, because why not? I'm generous to our American cousins on this show. Uh, why not? Thanks, and, uh, Dad. <laughs> you're welcome, son. Um, <laughs> see, these glasses show my age now. Um, but uh, <laughs> You say that but, while three of the four people on the screen have glasses. Yeah, we're, go- we're going to class up. We're classing up the joint with uh, with more glasses. Oh, now with thirty-three uh, percent more, uh, but uh, yeah, so fancy, Moto- <laughs> yeah, so fancy. Moto three, everybody, and uh, whew. <laughs> do, do, do I have to mention the winner? Do, do we? Do we have to? You know, legally, yes, we we're 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 obligated to tell you that Romano Fanati by thirty-six one thousandths of a second. Won his first race of the season ahead of Celestino Vietti and Ayagura. Look, we've said this before on other formula, other series, about drivers and riders that I'm not particularly fond of on this show. The talent wasn't the problem. Yeah, to say the least. And uh, of course he goes and wins it at Masano in a one-year anniversary of that incident. Of course it's Masado he wins. Of course. 
There is no god in motorsport, clearly. Uh, is real, y'all. Look, it was actually a nice reminder that the, of the talent Fanati does have when his head screwed on properly, because the way he was going around the outside on people or taking the wider line through the back complex was absolutely bonkers because nobody else could pull it off. It was very impressive. Also, God damn it! Why did Fanati have to win this race? Why? <laughs> it's it's really <laughs> irritating. Um, but yes, yeah, Romano Fanati takes the W. Sergio Levietti in second, keeping his title hopes alive. There, just thirty six thousandths behind. Ayagura, the Agura surprise, is back in again. It's like one of a sudden just cops up out of nowhere, finishes third, keeps racking up points. It's what he does. Ayagura, the surprise in the house, in third again. Albert Arena as the championship leader in fourth. Jao Messia in fifth. Ralph Fernandez, who still can't convert one of his higher grip plots in a race. He was sixth. Dennis Onshu, seventh for tech three. Good for him. Andrea Mino eighth. Kaito Toba, ninth. McPhee down in tenth in the end. Arbolino, 11th. Gabby Rodrigo, 12th. Jeremy Alcoba, 13th. Who, by the way, should have should be taking a heavy penalty for next race because, boy, some of the moves he was pulling off during that race was dirty. Like, that was, uh... You may have seen it that during the race. That public lobby shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude that, that was, was dirty uh, like a diaper. I can't confirm this. I sadly didn't get a chance to watch Moto3. Yeah, he, uh, on, on the back straight at one point, he, it, I reckon he deliberately swerved into the side of Darren Binder's motorcycle during that race. I um, saw it. It was, well, let's just say there probably, there, there was grounds for some fight club here. Yeah, yeah. Or as we I, should call I, it with motorcycle riders, road rash. Road rash. Yes, certainly. Um, look. If they had, like, honestly, that was borderline black flag levels of dirty. Like, if they had a black flag them after that, I would have completely... If, if Binder had gone down directly as a result of that incident, it would have been a black flag straight away. Um, without any hesitation. If Sam Lowe's got it for the pinball incident he had in Styria, um, then yeah, like, that would have been one as well, quite frankly. Um, Alcoba needs a good talking to after that race, because that was, uh, some very nasty on-track tactics. That, that's uh, not I, acceptable at this level. No. Just, just like what we said about Fanati, just as, like, what we said with Fanati when he was pulling people's brake levers. It's not acceptable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's completely unacceptable. Do not do that again. Um, he's lucky he got away with that one, quite frankly. Um... Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah. Captain would have field there. Amy Sasaki, 14th. Stefano Nepa, 15th. Um, three non finishes. Quite big names, actually. Alonso Lopez um, crashed at mid distance. Venice Forgium crashed mid distance. And then Darren Binder had a massive high side with five to go. To which we say, ah, oh, it's Darren Binder again. Oh, dear. <laughs> As you do. Um,. Challenge standards in Moto3 as it stands. Albert Arenas, his gap keeps coming in. Ayagura now only two points behind Albert Arenas at the top of the championship standings. And now we're getting another heated one-on-one showdown. It was Canet versus Dana Porta last year. Looks like it's Arenas versus Agura this year. They've been, the, they've been the two most consistent dudes in the field by miles this year. So not a surprise at all. John McPhee third on 98 points. Cecina Vietti fourth on 86 Tatsu Suzuki for 75, Arbolino on 75, Gabriel Rodrigo 63, John Messia 61, Fernandez 61, and Romano Fanati cracks the top 10 on 47 points. I hate this timeline! Um, I don't like it. Not fun. At all. Um, it, 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 it wasn't pretty. Um, so, yeah. Also, shout out to Matteo Ferrari, who also did the double in the Moto E race as well on this occasion. He got a bit jammy on this one because Dominique Agata was leading that race and was looking good for the W, but then he was completely run off the road by Tommaso Marcon at the opening corner complex. Literally rode into the back of his bike. Um, Was given the the massive penalty of a three-place grid drop for next race. Way to go, stewards. I mean, that's... that's, uh, that's, uh, Great great job you're doing there. Like, I don't know why you think Moto E deserves separate sanctions, but... You literally had a guy ride into the back of another dude and got a free place grid penalty. Way to friggin' go on that one, guys. That was, uh... So that little was people terrible. watch Moto E that they just don't care enough to give penalties out. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Top mm. four, really, it's the big four right now in that championship, by the way, in the Moto E World Cup. Matteo Ferrari leads by four points now from Domi Agata. Jordi Torres now third on 79, and then Matteo Casadi on 71 in 
fourth. Oh boy, uh, that is pretty much that for the, for, yeah. for this race at Misano. And uh, yeah, this was. Uh, I mean, I have to say this was again not off the scale by MotoGP standards, but a lot of interesting things to take away from that race weekend, certainly. And yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, like we, uh, we've had enough. Are you fucking kidding me? Out of ten races, that really like this being, in my opinion, like an eight, eight and a half. Oh yeah. It's not. It's pretty not. The, it's not the best, but it's still pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm confident to call Styria a race of the year winner, and it's only September twenty second, <laughs> a few days out from our next round. The you Grand see, we keep Pre- thinking that. We keep thinking we've got race of the year contenders, and then something more batshit insane happens. I don't know, man. Catalonia's going to be, be tough fun. Catalonia's going to be fun. Last well, well, leg big of this triple header. Um, yep, go out of your way to watch it. We'll have more stuff on our next episode. Everything from World Superbikes to Le Mans to NASCAR to whatever Formula One news happens to be thrown up during the days between recordings. I don't know. We'll figure it out in the next episode. But uh, oh, basically, boy. you can find us one more one more time uh, YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Again, subscribers, if you're watching this right here, you can do that down below. Hit the bell for notifications on when we are live or got a new video out or whatever. You can find our usernames on the screen as well for Twitter. Our uh, personal Twitters um, at Harris101HD, RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, at CBuckD917, and the podcast at Motorsport underscore 101 for the show itself. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Motorsport 101. Uh, we are also financially available on uh, Patreon if you'd like to back us on there. $5 gets you early access to all of our shows, video and audio, until we catch up. So that'll be for about another week or so. Um, and yeah, in the meantime, in the $10 tier, you can also get, listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. Um, thanks everyone that's in the Discord right now listening in. Much appreciated, Vince, Rezzy, Sasha, I see you there. Jason as well, Vic. Good to see you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll be back. Well, if you guys are listening, then we'll be back in about 20 minutes time for the next episode. But uh, it'll be a couple of days for you for, for you guys watching on YouTube or listening in. Until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King, and Cam Barkley. Until next time, sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. I'm not looking forward to the Lamar episode. <laughs> Too bad.